This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. We took a look at LSU's big run of commitments in the last edition of the podcast. On this edition, myself, Billy Ambody, and Shea Dixon, we're going to run down kind of where things stand in the class, and we'll look at two of the biggest targets on LSU's board. Uh, Shay, a uh, good week back from vacation so far. Uh, LSU sits with 15 commitments in the class, the number five overall class on the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings. So they're a top five class on 24-7 right now, number six on the 24-7 sports composite. They've continued to kind of chip away and have this momentum uh, going into the summer months. They had a big month of May, and now they've just kind of continued to pick up elite prospects over the last month and a half. Uh, LSU has this thing rolling. We've talked about our favorite parts of the class, but I just think LSU's done a a terrific job of piecing these things together with guys that they really like based on their evaluations. And oh, by the way, they're beating out some of the best programs in the country for these prospects as well. Yeah, look, I've got two thoughts on that. One, I love what they've been able to do so far. And look, it wasn't but a few months ago on the podcast where signing day had come and gone. You were getting into the March visits before things shut down. Uh, And even into April, people said, hey, well, when when are they going to start adding commitments? They won the national championship. They set all these records. And people were saying, well, well, I haven't seen it pay dividends yet. You know, where is this run on commitments? And I think when the NCAA shut everything down, it really led to schools like LSU and all schools having to say, hey, look, uh, and the further and further they got into it, Billy, they said, well, now we're not even going to have visits until the season. And what will it even look like then if we're having visits? So I think it was time in Ed Orgeron's mind to say, hey, look, rally the troops. Let's start gunning for them and and knocking down some commits. Let's start reeling them in. We found the guys, as you said, Billy, found the guys we like. Here's what our board looks like. Let's go for these top guys, see who we can uh, drop dominoes with. And it happened quickly. And boy, they've had a really impressive run on the D line. They've had an impressive run at quarterback and at the skilled position, certainly receiver. Uh, And now we'll see how they build it out from there. Uh, But my second thought was, I, in my opinion, one of the schools, and I know you would say the same for schools that had coaching changes, which is absolutely true, but one of the schools hurt the most by no visits from March until the season is LSU. I mean, you come off a national championship, you have this perfect season, you dominate the NFL draft, and you can never even have recruits there uh, to witness it with you in the NFL draft stretch or to um, you know, look at the, hold the trophy and take pictures with your family. Now LSU's on, even playing field with everybody here. Nobody's got an advantage better than the next person. But uh, I do think that for not having all that and them still to be sitting on a top five class with what they've got left is impressive. Yeah, and another thing too is that LSU had some coaching changes like you kind of mentioned uh, with the new passing game coordinator in Scott Linehan, new defensive coordinator in Bo Pelini. And I think 
Pelini, we're kind of starting to see him hit his stride as well. They're, they're starting to pick up some defensive commitments that are really strong that Pelini really likes. They're right in the mix for two elite linebackers in Greg Penn III out of the, out of, uh, the DMV area and Prince Colley out of the Jonesboro, Tennessee area, two four-star linebackers there. He's really starting to hit his stride. Uh, and, you know, they could start getting even more momentum in Louisiana with somebody like a Sage Ryan. And then on the offensive side of the ball, if Brian Thomas Jr. decides uh, relatively soon. So uh, this class, by the end of the summer, has a chance to really push itself even farther up into the top five. What's your guess on how many commits they're going to have by the time the season starts? I'm going to go, and here's the tough part. You never know if maybe some of these kids have held their spot and want, want to open things up once their senior year gets going or what have you, but I don't see too many of that, uh, too much of that going on with LSU right now. But I would say, I would say probably 18. I, I could see a world where Brian Thomas commits before the season. I, I think you know, maybe they add a, a, a linebacker like you know Penn or Collie and and, and maybe the, one of those guys shuts it down and, and commits to LSU, and then maybe a Sage Ryan or another one of these top you know, defensive backs that they've been recruiting uh, as well. You know, your Andrew Makuba. Uh, maybe they make a move on Jarden Gilbert if they miss on Makuba. So uh, it's kind of all over the place, but I think 18 is probably a safe bet. I, I, I think now that we've passed the 4th of July where a lot of these kids want the fireworks, it's going to be maybe more selective in terms of who makes those decisions. Yeah, and kids will be um, getting back into the swing of things, it looks like, I guess, with their football prep and then uh, school, and they're not as bored sitting around at home doing nothing uh, in corn, you know, in, in stay-at-home orders. So uh, I think that got a lot of kids ready to just do something and, and go ahead and move through their recruiting process. And uh, now I think we'll see it slow down. I like that number. 18 was about what I was thinking. I guess my thought, my main point here was I couldn't see them going into the 20s. Now, Maybe, certainly, if they keep popping guys, they're not just taking guys they wouldn't take. But it seems to me that uh, they would want to move through that fall stretch with what could be 26 total signees if they don't sign another guy who's a grad transfer or something like that here late. They'll carry that scholarship over from last year. It'll be counting towards the 2021 class. That means you can go from 25 up to 26 signees. And, you know, I think, Billy, at least that's me, that with how uncertain things are, with them not knowing about visits, with them wondering who's going to sign early and who's not, that you're going to want some wiggle room down the stretch. Yeah, and the only way I could see them getting into the 20s is if they were to pick up two of the guys we're about to talk about. But first, quick reminder, guys, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. We appreciate all of you guys who have been leaving those ratings and reviews, and also all the people who have subscribed to go 24-7 for just a buck. There's been a ton of VIP content on the team, on recruiting, as well as just full coverage of the offseason. Uh, Ed Ogeron's been doing a lot of uh, media opportunities with our friends at uh, Off the Bench on 104.5 in Baton Rouge, and so he's given us plenty to write about as well. But, uh, Shay, I, I mentioned that that 20 mark, the 20 piece that uh, LSU could get to. I think two prospects that if they were to shut it down before the season, LSU would be in – prime contention to land, one being, I think, Mason Smith, the five-star defensive tackle out of uh, Terrebonne, and LSU is considered to be the favorite. And then five-star offensive tackle Tristan Lay, who's uh, one of the big risers from this past year. LSU's after him, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama. Uh, let's start with the in-state prospect. Mason Smith, 
uh, he has been uh, on the forefront for quite some time. And uh, LSU's done a really nice job recruiting him out of the home area. Yeah, you know, some people still say, oh, well, he, he's wanting to leave the state for college. He'll go somewhere like a Southern Cal or, uh, or you know, he really likes Georgia or a Florida school or Bama, but uh, Oklahoma has been recruiting him. Um, I think that he does like all of his options. But at the end of the day, I'm, I just feel that LSU has done such a good job recruiting him. And that's from the top all the way through uh, to the GAs and, and grad, you know, different analysts or whoever's on staff that, uh, that runs into Mason or talks to him on Zoom or, or hosts him on campus, uh, that they've been recruiting him more thoroughly than anyone, him and his family. And you look at Ed Orgeron being a D-line coach by trade, uh, Mason Smith being a Louisiana kid, the number one overall prospect in Louisiana, right now entering their junior seasons. For so many reasons, he's paramount to them and, and their wish list this year. And uh, just because we – think, hey, look, he might can drag this out past five visits and then on to signing day. And I still don't think that leaves LSU sweating too much. One, they've got a great D-line class going. Uh, and because of that, they're able to put even more focus on to a guy like Mason Smith, knowing that their board is whittled down to just a handful of top guys uh, that they're still targeting in the trenches. So from the job Greg McMahon's done recruiting in the area, Bill Johnson on the D-line, Christian Lockator has proven his worth. Uh, recruiting with some recent commits from guys like Coat and Naquan Brown. He's chipping in there. And and Mason talked about that being uh, just sort of one of the more well, kind of well-rounded efforts uh, that's been put in. And I think, Billy, if you're looking right now, that if the visits happen even in September, uh, that's only, what, four or five months, uh, four months before his decision. The rest of that year, he's been at home, not able to visit colleges. And the school he admittedly talks to the most is LSU. Yeah, and I think it's it's not a, a tough recruitment to follow. I mean, as it's been. I mean, Nate Mason's done a ton of research. I mean, if you talk to him, there might not be a prospect in the class that seems more knowledgeable, does as much research as Mason. And, and I mean, there there are others out there that I'm sure do that level, but he will just go on and on about his options and what he likes about ex coaching staff and the academic presentation and what they've done in the NFL or on the field and, and all of this. So Mason has a really good feel for his own recruitment. And I do think he ends up staying in the state of Louisiana and playing for LSU. And he's going to be, I think once he jumps on board, if he does do that, he's going to be one of the leaders too. And somebody that can, can shake enough, you know, tree branches and, and you might see some of these other elite national prospects jump on board with that because of his personality. I mean, we'd be on Corey Foreman watch to an extent if he jumped on board. And, you know, Mason's just this, he's just a really, really personable young man that uh, could do, you know, wonders for LSU recruiting. And one of the guys that I think he'd be on really hard is Tristan Lee. Yeah, I mean, this is a massive one. And when you look at what Tristan's been around the program for over a year, he's camped here, he's worked hand. Uh, in hand with James Craig, the offensive line coach. He visited uh, for the final game of the regular season, senior night, uh, when Burrow and all them went out with a perfect regular season uh, and on to the SEC championship. He uh, admitted that, you know, look, he couldn't turn away from uh, watching LSU's each snap during the playoffs. And when he talks about LSU, he talks about family. He talks about how they've recruited him really well, him and his mother, to the point of it's not about the football push anymore. It's about um, you know, his future and uh, 
how they would take care of him there and, and what the fit academically would be like. And uh, I think a lot of, for a lot of reasons, things are pointing to LSU for Tristan Lee. And I just think that it's been a while. It makes him so paramount because it's been a while that LSU signed, you know, a really elite offensive tackle. I mean, the Lael Collins don't come around every single year. Granted, they've signed some guys who have played offensive tackle and played very well, uh, but none of them were uh, up there as the number three offensive tackle in the country, uh, five-star. And I think that makes him uh, such an important piece. When you already have Garrett Dellinger uh, out of Michigan as a top 100 prospect and offensive tackle, if you can commit a guy like Tristan Lee, then you've got two bookends. You've got a left tackle and a right tackle. Chips can fall however they may there, but two guys you feel like, hey, we're not going to need to slide them inside. They can play on the edge. Uh, and for LSU, they never have any trouble recruiting on the interior. They've always had good centers or found good centers on the team. And uh, offensive guard has always been a position they're strong at. People have just said, hey, when are you going out and getting the top offensive tackles? And uh, I think this is a year coming off a national championship, a Joe Moore award as the best O-line in college football, seeing guys go and get drafted. It's James Craig's never had more bargaining chips and something he's roots of, hey, look, I need immediate play. I need guys who are going to play in their freshman or sophomore years. And I'm going to uh, need us to take that next step in terms of how we recruit on the offensive line uh, and popping a guy like Tristan would be a, that would be the step that you would have to take to then look back and say, whoa, they had a really great offensive tackle class. Yeah. And he's been on our radar since that camp at LSU before he ended up being a five-star prospect and he was terrific. He went head to head against Clayton Smith, uh, another highly touted prospect in uh, the 2021 class. And he was excellent and he has developed, into this elite prospect for a reason. He'd be somebody that I think could step in probably right away and push for a starting job, maybe on the right side and then switch over to the left after Dare Rosenthal leaves. Or, I mean, he's good enough that he can play right away and they'd find a spot for him. So it's going to be an interesting recruitment to follow. I mean, we've been fairly all over it, I like to say, with Brian Doan and you and uh, everybody just picking up you know, tidbits and interviews here and there. And he has a lot of good things to say about LSU. We have an interview with him from Brian Doan, where he give, gives the latest on the VIP front. We also have the Q&A from 104.5 early this week that you can check out on Go 24-7. But with that, guys, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Shady, uh, have a great weekend, man. Uh, it was good to catch up again on the pod. And uh, I think uh, we've got a lot to cover over the next uh, couple months as the summer rolls along. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. Look, we've we predicted 18 commitments by the time the season starts. Let's see how correct we are. It might be well over that, and it'll keep us all busy on the podcast. Yes, exactly. We'll keep the podcast coming, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition, and we'll catch up with you next time. Quick reminder to subscribe to Go 24-7 for just a buck, and you can uh, get all this VIP coverage and uh, more. So check that out, and we appreciate all you guys listening. Have a great weekend. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 